Yo, 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 hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VUX World, now back live on LinkedIn, I didn't realise the last broadcast didn't actually broadcast on LinkedIn, because uh, apparently I had to re-enter my credentials, uh, so there you go, uh, but welcome to VUX World, thank you for stopping by, uh, my name's Kane Sims, as I said, and uh, I'd like to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, Deepgram. Deepgram, if you don't know already, is industry standard speech recognition technology. Deepgram's APIs enable you to put speech recognition, state-of-the-art speech recognition, into any kind of application that you so desire, whether you're transcribing calls in your call center, whether you're transcribing meetings and trying to take and summarize actions, whether you are building voice assistants and voice bots, voice-enabling products, adding voice dictation capabilities into products or voice-enabler apps, anything that you need to understand speech for or take spoken audio and turn it into text deepgram is the place to go for that uh they've got incredibly quick response times which is obviously important when you're working with these kind of systems uh they allow you to retrain your models which means that you can create speech recognition models for your specific use cases uh which gives you a greater a higher accuracy which means that you're feeding your nlu with better data if you're building voice assistance uh and it is generally cost effective so do check out deepgram.com if you are looking for more information that's deepgram.com forward slash vux world for more information we're also actually running a webinar with Deepgram uh, next week, actually. And uh, it's going to be all about the irony of big tech and why some of the big companies that you will think of when you think about AI uh, don't always innovate as fast as you might think or in the right areas as you might want them to. Uh, even though you might think they do and you'll see this, the, the events that they run every year telling you that things are improving, the reality is that their approach is often quite slow and transient where there'll be a blip of activity and then nothing for months, whereas a company such as Deepgram, for argument's sake, uh, has a constant innovation cycle. And we're going to be getting into, uh, me and uh, Adam Sipniewski, who's the CTO of Deepgram, are going to be getting into this conversation about why the big tech companies don't innovate as often as you might think, how to audit your current speech recognition capabilities, how to understand where you can make improvements, the difference between a general uh, ASR model versus a customized model, and the business value that using each can bring. There's going to be a whole bunch of content in there helping you figure out how to use speech recognition to the best that you possibly can. Whether you're building voice assistants, transcribing calls in your call center, there's going to be content for that whole thing, all of your use cases. So please do uh, join us on June next Thursday. Uh, and the link to that, if you go to vux.world, click on the events link and uh, you will find the sign up form just there. So there we go. Without further ado, though, let us uh, welcome our guest for today, Timo Kunz, who is the CEO of Aflorifmic. Welcome, Timo. Hey, Kane. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, wonderful. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you spending the time with us. It's going to be uh, going to be interesting. Where Whereabouts are you right now? Uh, so normally I'm London based, so we have an office in Barcelona. So this week nice. I actually I'm in sunny Barcelona. Wicked. So you've you've exchanged the rain and clouds in London for the uh, sun and blue skies in Barcelona. It's 24 degrees. We're going to the beach tomorrow uh, with the team uh, in the afternoon. So yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, thank you for making me feel better about my situation. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation because uh, Aflorithmic is a very interesting company working in a very interesting space. We've had, um, I would say, not similar companies, but 
similar in a sense of companies that are not kind of necessarily building voice assistants, but using AI, it, when you apply it to audio in order to do something special, you know, we've had uh, Trinity Audio on in the past, we've had uh, Instrumatic on in the past, uh, Audio Burst as well, all companies who are doing some really interesting things, applying AI into the audio creation space, uh, which is what you're doing as well. So it's, I'm really interested to get in this conversation. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to, to learn a little bit about yourself first of all, and what kind of led you to Afrorhythmic? Okay, so yeah, cool. Let's start with this. Um, yes, actually, my background is in, in AI. So I did a PhD uh, in uh, Lancaster, actually, in the UK. Um, uh, now, a long time ago, I've also been a musician all my life. So, um, of course, uh, only on the side and an uh, improv sound engineer as, as one is. And, um, yeah, I knew there was always, there would be this magic uh, point in, in, uh, in, in time in the history of universe when those two uh, worlds would come together. And actually, there was in... Um, 2018, 2019, uh, text-to-speech made a humongous, uh, humongous step change. There was a new architecture, and when I heard this, I knew exactly that this was the time. Um, now, text-to-speech is amazing, but uh, this is not the only innovation that happens. So now, nowadays, what you can actually do with AI in audio production in a, in a broader sense, right? So from mastering to AI music to arrangement to also like mangling copy into a format that it plays nicely with text-to-speech. But then also, if you think about like versioning audio and so on. So I found this hugely inspiring, and uh, this is actually why we started Afrorhythmic. So it's pretty much uh, with uh, the vision of actually using all these new cool tools and putting them uh, putting them to good news. Nice, nice. And how would you describe Afrorhythmic to uh, to somebody who'd never heard of it before? Uh, yeah, it's a rather technical uh, um, a product. So I'll I'll, I'll start with a, I start with a, with the technical, or I start with the complex first, and then give give you some some use cases. So we're pretty much on a mission of making uh, audio production scalable. Yeah. So we have a uh, we pretty much built a a production chain which actually covers the entire audio production process. Right. So normally. Um, when I tell people like the first thing they think about is text-to-speech, that's very, very obvious. However, it's actually much further than this, or it goes much, much further than this. Because if you think about text-to-speech, you only have speech, right? And how often in life do you actually listen to recorded speech? I mean, this is a good example, but you also you had a you had music and a jingle at the beginning, right? And uh, there were effects on, uh, on 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 this production, and later there might even be a mastering component that cleans it all up and so on. Um, so what we are actually doing, we pretty much make this entire production chain available. So we make it um, we make it possible to go from text or to actually get text into a format that it plays nicely with text-to-speech. Then actually to go text-to-speech, we are voice vendor agnostic, so that actually means we integrate all different kinds of voice vendors into our platform. Uh, we can also clone voices ourselves if we must, so we can clone your voice or voice actor's voice. But then, and that's more where our magic sauce sits, so we actually have uh, algorithms then that actually can um, pick up that speech, meaningfully pretty much um, mix it and um, pretty much emulate what you would normally do as a sound engineer in a studio. Uh, and then later even do the post-production bit. So we have a very scalable mastering engine that then actually spins up and makes it sound really, really nice. And to finish all of this off, we actually also want to make sure you get that audio somewhere where it actually matters when that it can be a, you know, an, um, advertising, an, an advertiser network, if it's an audio ad, it could be a podcast even, it could be... Um, 
something you want to just like share outside it could go into an iot device um, so there are many, many use cases for for this so very technical uh, very technical um, uh, description to make it even worse we are api first so the product is actually called api.audio so it means actually um, uh, it allows developers uh, actually to build applications with it um, but uh, let me also now give you a couple of concrete examples where it is used. Um, so for example, um, video, the amount of video produced in this world is exploding. Uh, you can already um, pretty much um, 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 automate pretty efficiently the creation of video. Yeah? Um, however, actually, normally these videos do not have a voiceover. And why is that? Because um, automating audio to the same extent isn't solved yet. Yeah. So what you can actually do, what video platforms can do with our technology, you can actually pretty much uh, either, um, let's say, generate a SRT file, so that's a subtitle file, or you can actually just have your user give you a script uh, in a text box. And then actually we do not only translate this to speech, but we actually embed it in an entire audio production so that it sounds at the end very close to a professional voiceover that would actually get from a production studio. Yeah. Mm. Um, another example is advertising. So if you think about all the audio ads now um, that are out there, audio ads are not A-B testable at the moment just because it's prohibitive of the amount of um, time and resources you would spend. So what you can do with our technology, you can not only go from text to fully produced audio ad that you can play, but also you can just absolutely... Um, within the the possible, like create one thousand different versions of this uh, of this ad, and you know optimize one for the country channel, one for the uh, one for the the EDM crowd, and maybe have a female voice and a voice with an accent and a male voice, and a, um, you know also do it in German and in French and so on and so forth. Um, and just to give you one third example, so uh, we also do a lot in also content, um, 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 where we call it content repurposing. So pretty much if a publisher um, has a some sort of written content and actually they want to produce a podcast uh, with it, um, then actually we can translate it into a podcast and it will not only be text to speech, it will actually sound like a proper podcast by proper podcast. I mean, uh, it, you know, it will have a jingle. It will have uh, it will have transitions. Um, it will it will sound quite nice. However, there are, I also must say there are clear limits to it. So at the moment, what works well in the space is snack size uh, content. So it's a you know something that's very current, very repetitive. Uh, you may be, maybe update benefits from being updated every day or even personalized, and uh, is very short, maybe a minute or two, right? So it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, um, be suitable to uh, pretty much record this podcast, or um, you know, like uh, have a have a have a conversation, or also have a, a humorous component to it. Yeah. Mm, interesting, interesting. There's a hell of a lot to unpack in all of that. There, um, where to start? I mean, when you explain about it and you say it's API first, it kind of makes me think that the it makes me think of something like Twilio or Vonage where in order to use it, you need to have, you know, definitely some technical skills to be able to use the APIs and stuff like that. And then I'm hearing you talk about audio production and mastering and that latter example with jingles and transitions and stuff like that. Then 
typically the way that's done now is that a human will listen to it and think, well, okay, well, the jingle will stop here. And then after the first part here, we'll put the transition there because that's the end of that piece of content. And then, you know, it requires a human to kind of go through that. And for those who, who have not got experience with digital audio workstations and stuff like that, typically what will happen is you have a, you know, a work, uh, some software that will have multiple different channels on it, rows basically, and you'll have different audio files and you'll link them all together. And so, on the one hand, I start to think, well, it kind of, I'm thinking it should be some, or it will look something like a digital audio workstation, probably through a browser. But then you're talking about it being AI first and API first rather. So then it leads me to think that it's going to be something more like a Twilio or Vonage kind of thing. Which yeah. of it is, is it, or is it kind of a mixture of the two? Yeah, correct. So it's, it definitely requires tech skills to build with. Yeah. So we are actually, we don't have an end consumer tool. We don't have a front end. We don't have anyone that an, uh, let's say non-technical user, um, could log into and play with or do something me meaningful with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, however, so I always describe it with like the, a bit of the, the move from, um, uh, you know, like, uh, back in the days when you needed a, uh, pretty much a developer designer and so on to create a website to, you know, then to WordPress or actually in the graphic space, I think the same thing happened with, with, with Canva. Mm. So uh, you are right. Like not normally um, uh, high quality audio is created through a, um, a so-called DAW, so a digital audio workstation. Um, like some people might know, I don't know, Logic or Reason mm. or Reaper or what, whatever. Um, and uh, these, this is a very, very high skilled uh, um, um, affair, right? So you really need to know, know what you're doing. It's definitely, it's definitely for expert users. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that always will be this way because it's uh, fun and I like these things as well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you have the vast majority wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah. However, now I actually think that you are in a tool like, for example, a video builder. So you have, um, um, you have, um, um, uh, you know, video builder where people, for example, drag and drop uh, their slides and it makes a video or they drag and drop, uh, uh, you know, some pictures and it makes a little video for social. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And those are maybe marketeers. There may be, you know, private people um, doing a video wedding invitation or doing and anything in that, in, in, in that space. Or maybe a, um, maybe a DCO platform that actually then, you know, once allow a marketeer to version their their asset for different for TikTok and for Facebook and 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 so on, right? So these people normally they are not interested in learning a um, learning learning anything to that level where they could operate a door. Yeah, mm -hmm. and this is exactly the 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 hole that this uh, this, this 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 fills. So all these platforms that I I just um, uh, I I just mentioned for them it would be very worth to integrate API.audio. Um, they can give their users, for example, a text box. Yeah. Um, of course, you don't have the uh, then uh, you, you you forego a lot of the flexibility a sound engineer wants, right? So, for example, if yeah. you then say, "Oh, that compressor, I don't like it, or it needs to be more aggressive, or you know, I like that reverb right here, or I would put the transition a bit here and there." Um, so, so that's that's not the point, right? It's in, in the same way with WordPress. You pull up a template in this case, and then actually you fill out your fields, and you get a meaningful uh, website. So this is the equivalent, right? So most of these video websites, for example, they work with templates somehow. So you can, for example, give us the transitions that you go from, a, let's say, an intro to a main part after 10 seconds, and actually our engine makes sure that there's a meaningful buildup at the beginning, and then actually uh, there's some sort of... Uh, in, in the audio, it really reflects that that is the main, uh, where the main of your presentation, of, of your video starts. And uh, 
um, that's really powerful. Like, you'll hear, uh, hear a video uh, without a, a soundtrack. Of course, everybody dis dislikes that anyways. Um, it's, most videos maybe have a stock music track underneath that doesn't have anything mm -hmm. um, that just doesn't sound that nice or doesn't really fit what's on the screen. However, you can then actually without a mic and without actually, you know, a multi-day uh, production process, you can actually uh, then create a fully produced voiceover just by writing text. That's very powerful, right? And then if you throw in the versioning ca capability of saying, let's create uh, that um that uh, that um, audio asset in 10 different ways, or maybe even a, th a thousand once it says hi, Kane, once it says hi, Timo, uh, or um, it has your company name in it or whatever you want. Um, then actually that also opens up these use cases that you um, just cannot do. Like even with, uh, even if you were, if you, even if you would go through the process of having a speaker that would actually voice all of this and then have a sound engineer that would go through the trouble of doing it, doing, doing, all, um, doing uh, all the production elements of it. Um, mm, interesting. So, so it's per, mainly will be part of another tool that in, in that example there, something like a Canva, where you can build a video template and and select import your text that you wanted to say, feed it off into the API. You will then do your fancy stuff, apply the compression, you know, clean it up, assign a voice to it, that kind of thing, uh, and send back the the kind of finished audio. I'm understanding that right. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. the user wouldn't know wouldn't know any of this. Yeah, the, all yeah. that the user is actually seeing, they type text, they normally they select a voice, we make it very easy to se select voices because there are hundreds and uh, soon thousands. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we want to make it easy for you to find the right voice to go with it. And then actually, you can uh, select um, what you call what we call a sound design so that's not a stock music track it's actually a collection of audio assets uh, that can be dynamically arranged by our algorithms and um, then actually um, yeah you are um, you're more or less good to go it's a press of a button we rendered a couple of seconds and then you have your voice over mm, interesting and how do you how do you kind of determine I mean, this might be kind of secret source territory, but as as a kind of fellow ex musician, I'm kind of always uh, interested in in how this sort of stuff's working. Yeah. How, how are you determining what kind of effects to apply and where? Like, so you mentioned there that some of those door systems, digital audio workstations, they kind of require skills to use. Um, certain, you know, you need to know kind of what you're doing. Uh, However, there is some kind of hacks that you can use. So, for example, for me, one of my kind of little hacks is that if I was edit when I edit this conversation we're having now, I mean, your audio is pretty clean, but sometimes someone will be recording into a laptop mic, and there's, a, there's some little tricks that I'll use to try and isolate the bad frequencies in their audio, which mm -hmm. is just to kind of use the EQ, you know, really kind of focus it in on a narrow frequency band range rather, and then I'll kind of just amplify that frequency and mm -hmm. I'll drag it along until I hear the the bit that I'm trying to find which sounds nasty and it'll be it'll be quite obviously terribly sounding you know it'll be a lot of feedback and distortion and then I'll just remove that those little frequencies and so mm -hmm. it's me kind of trying to understand which parts of this audio signal sound bad how can mm -hmm. I take those sounds away and then compress it or whatever you might do after that in order to make it sound half decent? And all of that is kind of my experience of doing this kind of thing, my experience of knowing the door, my experience of knowing how EQ works, how expression works, how limiters work. And I'm kind of like feel, you know, feeling my way through it based on how it sounds. Yeah. 
how how do you how do you kind of program that into these algorithms like because every every voice is different every recorded environment potentially is different every words that people might type for you to generate the sound from is kind of different how how do you determine yeah. how to treat the audio yeah that's a um, there's there's no short answer to this so there, there are a couple of things here like one of the main advantages in the process is of course that ai voices are very well behaved yeah mm. so you don't have any uh, in it you don't have any <laughs> in it you don't have uh, you don't have that yeah. in it right you yeah. uh, also people rarely ai voices normally don't start screaming or uh, talking to too quiet um, so, so first of all, that voice, uh, that that voice, um, or that that always already makes it very well, very well behaved. Yeah. Um, of course, the ambition of this, it's kind of like you know, um, if you think about a WordPress user, right? So, what you just described for audio, you're not a Word, WordPress user, right? You're you're literally the guy who, um, you know, uh, gets out the coding environment and writes a. Uh, writes a website from scratch with the help of the latest framework, yeah? mm. and once wants to get every every nuance uh, nuance right. Um, so so it's a very much uh, you know it's it's a very different um, um, uh, it's it's a very different ambition, right? It's it's a get out of jail free card rather than a, um, you know optimizing for the nth nth extent. Um, however, um, having said that, there are very chunky problems that you need to to solve. So, for example, we do have uh, voice recording processes as well. So, for example, we can clone clone your your voice. Um, so then actually we are running into that situation that you we need a guided process for you actually to first of all um, channel a meaningful voice which is very hard but then also um, um, take care of all these nuances that you um, that that you just uh, that that you just mentioned and get the data in an um, automated way, way into a format where we can actually either um, well, the worst case, reject it for the model, yeah, but also to a certain level, then actually fix it and accommodate it. And of course, that is is still even with the state of the art is very difficult. It's it's a very a very very heavy lifting um, on the tech side, and there's a lot of moving parts that can can go go, go wrong. Um, maybe one more interesting thing on the AI music side, um, you also have very chunky problems. But um, AI music, it's kind of like um, it's it's a very that that there's a very broad range what you can actually do with AI AI and music. So um, of course you can actually take like generative approaches where it's like literally you know um, I, I think that's probably the dream of everybody. You say one keyword right I don't know um, active and fun and then uh, all of a sudden you have a and three minute thirty and then you have a three minute thirty track of exactly what was in your mind um, that those approaches. They have some merit, but for what like the more practical applications that we are normally covering, um, they are actually too free and too freestyle. So normally you want something more, um, let's say a bit more restricted, but where you actually get that AI component pretty much, um, let's say rearrange or or maybe um, um, you know iterate on certain parts. And um, so so there are different approaches that we use. Um, however, absolutely, it's not an easy problem to 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 get right, and we've been uh, we've been very research heavy, um, especially the uh, the first two years of the company. We were entirely um, dedicated to R and D, 
Um, and uh, it's also, uh, you know, AI is one beast, but then also understanding the creative process and, you know, kind of like these decisions that you just, um, just, uh, just, just mentioned, it's that there is a human component to it. Yeah. And to pretty much only also get it to sound right, it pretty much is a cross disciplinary challenge, which makes it even harder. So, um, so yes to all the things you just said. It's, <laughs> Interesting. The um the this AI music is an interesting one because there has been examples of AI generating music, hasn't there? Is that the kind of stuff that you're talking about? Is or is your music pre-defined, pre-created, and then as you mentioned, you use the AI to do things like I don't know, mix it up, create a breakdown in this part, or you know whatever it might be, the length of the song or whatever it might be. Like how 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 do you describe the AI music component? Exactly. We have we have different approaches actually, and um, we also, to some extent, we also uh, open to integrate external voice. Uh, sorry, you know, we already said we we are integrating external voice pro providers. Uh, we also open and have started to integrate external mu music engines because we don't think, uh, you know, we are we are still a small team of forty. So and. Um, you can you can build everything yourself, and especially with the product the, with the product philosophy we are after, we feel that the user the more options we have, um, the better it is actually for the user. And um, there are I can tell you a whole bandwidth of um, of um, of applications where you get further with the one approach than the other approach. Yeah. So f most of the applications that we are doing, it's fairly well, it's, it's fairly well defined and hence also that AI component is fairly restricted. So it can be as restricted as that we actually, we have music stems. So like you actually would see in, in, in your door. And then what the algorithm does, it literally only picks up those stems, rearranges them, loops them to a certain extent, also finds variation in these stems, and then actually um, decides how they are arranged and re rearranged. Um, it goes all the way to freer approaches, right, where we actually say, you need a one-minute piece of audio that actually is inspired by X, Y, Z, and then actually mm -hmm. we we generate that music more freely. Um so, and um, all of these are valid, right? In the same way that uh, if you think about voices, it's valid that you need uh, accented voices, you need, uh, you need high quality voices with that have certain um, 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 uh, also capabilities to maybe, you know, um, um, be flexible when it comes to emotions, right? You need actually voices that are more robust or that are actually can, I don't know, have a good, Greek vocabulary in on top of English, right? Um, you also need voices that are on the low end. So, for example, if you if you have in in gaming, right, you cannot tell someone, hey, you want your you want your voice cloned for a gaming application. Well, you need you need to find a, a music studio and sit there for for three hours. Yeah. Mm. Um, also, a, a, if you clone the voice of, let's say, a CEO or someone, they might give you half an hour, an hour, right? So. So that's also it's one of the most asked questions: how much, how much, uh, how much time do you need to, or how much data do you need to clone a voice? It's like, well, it's you know, it's it it, it depends, right, in terms of like what you want to do with it. And with AI music, with the AI music component, it's exactly the the same thing. Like, how how free do you want it to be? Like, what's the use case? And uh, there are different different routes to go. 
Mm, interesting. There's a, there's a there's a feature on Adobe Rush which is quite cool. I use Adobe Rush on my mobile for doing the vlogs and stuff like that. And I've also been using it recently. Um, I've been taking a bit more video just on a weekend, just of my son and stuff like that, and making these little videos that I've been sending to the family and stuff. And what I discovered is that they've got quite a cool little feature, but it doesn't go anywhere near as far as what you're discussing. And in fact, it actually creates a load of work, which is that you can select like a library of music and one sample might be 15 seconds long and it might be the whole song, drums, bass, guitar, pianos, the whole lot. But then they also have all of the elements individually. So if you just want the the, the exact same drums, but just on their own, you can use that. Or if you want the guitar on its own, you can use that. So you can assemble your own arrangement if you want to, just by using the component parts. And if you just want everything in the whole song, you can have the whole song. Mm-hmm. So and I, I was work- I did one the other week when we went, we've got this tent box on top of the car and we went camping and I, f- I did this video and stuff like that. And uh, on the Sunday night, I was kind of just editing this video and it must have took me about an hour to figure out, to, to, you know, select the right music, get the right components, you know. I wanted to kind of kick off and kind of like climax at this bit of footage and then I wanted to chill out at this bit of footage and then I want to make sure that the images, when it's just photos, they're all kind of like transitioning on the beat and stuff like that. And it's just a massive effort. Video editing on your mobile is a huge effort. I'm assuming that what you'll say is that your kind of audio production side will streamline that process immensely. However, in order for that to even happen, there needs to be some degree of understanding about what the visual assets are to have the images flipping and transitioning on the beat to make sure that the music kicks off and climaxes at the right kind of part of the video. So how, how do you, or do you utilize other inputs like the video? And if so, how does, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a super use case and um I'll make sure I'll we'll give Adobe a call because they should definitely use use uh yeah. <laughs> use ABI.audio for, for for this. And so um and uh yeah you, you you said some very um um relevant and, and and interesting things here. So for example, um transitions are are something that's that are very important, right? So if you actually if you produce music for a video you wouldn't kind of like start, uh, you know, and there's a there's a title slide, and then the main part starts. You wouldn't have, actually have a track that actually just goes on like this, right? There's some sort of that needs to build an energy, yeah. In the same way that uh, I think everybody would agree, if you write a website, you wouldn't just put it into one paragraph. You want a headline, and then you probably want a summary, and then you probably want a couple of par- paragraphs, yeah. Mm. So, um, so most of this, um, most of this can be. Um, can be um, um, uh, can can be broken down into some sort of format, yeah? and this is exactly why we're developing the solution API first because there is no one size fits all, right? So, for example, in this case, the developer would probably say, "Oh, so most people actually play with this and this and this way, and then actually they arrange video in scenes, which is very common, right?" And then actually you say, okay, with each scene, there's probably a new narrative starting, or you can make this maybe more clear clear by saying, you know, I need an intro and I need a part one, part two, part three, and then a call to action. Yeah. So then actually you that that developer would then actually say, I sent API.audio the timestamps for these transitions. And actually on our end, we would make sure the transitions are 
are are what they are yeah so if they want a bit more elaborate of course they can also say um okay on the developer actually figures then out hey i have a some sort of interpretation what the slideshow is about or i let the 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 user choose yeah so for example if you are telling us actually my sound design needs to be active yeah or it needs to be reflective yeah we can actually then also um, shortlist a couple of options for for you and one might resonate more with you than than the 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 other and um, then actually we will do our best in the in the back end or pretty much with the algorithm to make something that actually fits this entire thing yeah? and paying attention to things like the transition paying to attention to things like the, the the length of it or paying attention to things like how does the voice sit on the audio right do you actually do you duck it away do you duck the music a little bit away when the um the um you know the the music starts to give it more space and maybe go fit for for high high energy thing or is it maybe a you know something more calmer reflective and 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 so on um however again right so this is not for the high end so i'm i'm sure you also uh, uh you and probably if i hear you talk about this me as well probably enjoy uh, the 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 uh you know the iniquity of then actually yeah. uh, the, the creative process of arranging but there's a time for everything right <laughs> if you want to get your video done you don't enjoy it and uh if you have a if you're in the creative space where you want to play i guess that's that's fun as well then right yeah interesting interesting um you mentioned there that this concept of creating you know thousands of different versions there's a company uh, also based in london actually uh forget the name of it now it's called something like um what is it create it's called something create and they have the same kind of thing it's it's by a guy called uh tom oh, i forget his name forget the guy who runs it anyway the agency does what you're describing but they apply it to visual ads. And mm -hmm. so what they'll do is they basically will take, let's say, uh, one image that you've designed, and then we'll turn that uh, using AI and generate a thousand different images. They'll right. then run ads to see which of those images gets the higher click-through rate, mm -hmm. and then they'll optimize the whole campaign around that, um, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. And from what I've seen, they've got some really interesting results of getting a lot of traction. Is that the kind of thing that you're describing, but for audio? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, how, it is. how does that work then? So, um, so um, what what is commonly known, I think, as DCO, so dynamic creative optimization. So that's that's a very good use case uh, for us. So you have a lot of platforms actually that allow marketeers or allow uh, content generators to to do to do that in some sort of form, so that you actually have maybe uh, a visual and then maybe you put you have 10 different products that you want to put in one at a time you maybe have 10 different calls to action and then uh, you know uh, by magic you you create like thousands or tens of thousands of pictures or even even videos um, to use AI actually to manipulate these videos on top of it is very interesting because um, you have a lot of um, it, it's not even the copyright but it's actually the um, the algorithms online these days that actually flag copyright. So we, we do get a lot that a lot that people uh, you know even have a they have a cleared 
audio track, but then actually it's a stock audio track that then they upload somewhere and ultimately it will be blocked. It will be blocked because someone else also uploaded this and it's, you know, the algorithm flags is as copyright uh, mm. protected. Um, so that's actually, uh, that's a very relevant problem these days. So actually, uh, and I guess this image, uh, image idea is, is equivalent to, to this. So you can, of course, then um, um, uh, use AI to pretty much manipulate that image to a extent where where it varies so much that um, um, you know no no one no one um, no one uploads the same image a couple of times. In the audio space, it's exactly the same thing. So we can um, we can version this asset in uh, the the audio asset in the same way they probably um, um, version than the image asset, and uh, then actually, um, yeah, you can run an A/B test with it. Of course, see which one um, per- performs best, and then um, push harder on the ones that actually actually work. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. And obviously, <clears throat> the the what kind of algorithmic does seemingly is provide the tools to be able to do that do you actually run those tests as well or do you simply give the audio to another platform that actually does the 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 testing and the optimizing and stuff like that correct we're only focused on the production process so our um pretty much our service or our our technology ends with actually putting uh, the audio asset into a channel that works for you yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we don't have an A/B testing engine. We don't, uh, you know, build our own um, advertising platform, or we don't, um, uh, yeah, have any. Uh, I don't know, maybe any service component attached to it or anything. It's literally about the technology of making audio production scalable to, in ways you've never heard before. Mm, interesting. I can imagine a really good use case for something like um, Spotify, for example with their digital audio advertising, whereby Spotify know who you are. And so they could quite conceivably have part of their, um, or maybe someone could do this. I don't know. I've never advertised on Spotify, so I'm not entirely sure how it works, but I can imagine it where you could use Aphorithmic to create an audio ad that will actually address the listener by name. Hey, Ken. Hope you're enjoying Spotify. That last tune by uh, whoever was fantastic. Here's something that might be relevant to you, etc. Is that yeah. something that's either being used, or can you see that being used in future? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there are actually. Um, so, so, so since you mentioned Spotify, so there are a couple of opportunities there where that would would fit quite well. So, for one, uh, Spotify has a has a self serve ad builder. Yeah, so that actually means you are you you log in. Well, you, you, you want to book advertising. You log in with a mission to book advertising. There's a form. You actually give your ad copy. Yeah? And then actually you describe it's pretty much like a creative brief that we would give to, to an agency. Uh, when you press uh, send, that entire form is actually going to, um, it's going into a workflow for a real studio. So it takes then 48 hours for someone, you know, to sit down do the voice recording, then actually someone to um, yeah, arrange it or um produce it, send it back, then you can critique it. Then actually you can say, oh, I want the voice to be more this and that. Actually it goes back, takes another 48 hours and so on. So pretty much um, the problem here is if I want to start spending money with Spotify this evening, I can't. Yeah. So I probably have a chance for sometime next week. On Facebook, no issue whatsoever. If I have if I have fun five hundred dollars to spend right now, I can spend them. I can start spending them in two 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 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you can do now with our API now pretty much is 
you have that same that same front end, but instead of actually triggering a workflow to send it into a studio, you actually can send it to API. You get a fully rendered audio asset back within um, so advertisements on Spotify normally like thirty seconds. So that takes us eight seconds to render. <laughs> so within eight seconds, you actually get your audio asset back. If it's good enough, you could already air it. Yeah. Wow. But even though, even though, let's say, let's say you don't want the AI component, just for just imagine what that can do for for drafting. Like how much time that can cut out of out of this process. You might not know is this my the tone I want for the brand. You might not know is this the. Uh, you know, the, um, do I want a um, younger voice, a more active voice, a female voice, a male voice, a accented voice, and so on and so forth. So if you could just like do all this drafting process really efficiently in that front end, and before you send it off the first time, you already have an idea exactly what it sounds like. So that's insanely powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, of course, what you mentioned as well, so um, um, we have a, um, so, um, to personalize audio assets, or actually to adjust them to the channel where they are, uh, where where they they are actually broadcasted, it's also very relevant. So um, we've we've never gotten the <laughs> we've never gotten good feedback from the actually mentioning your name or mention location because people are a bit like, you know, it is, what's, it's a bit creepy. <laughs> what's going on? And it, it, it's a bit like 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 display advertising, right? Sometimes it's it tells you. It tells you, it tells you, uh, I, I don't know, hey London, and that's where 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 where, where your proxy is, and you're like, yeah, well, yeah. actually, I'm not in London, right? I'm in yeah. Salford, right? So, um, yeah, and um, so so this is a bit of a, of a hit and miss, right? But you can keep it, you can still, you can keep it very relevant. So, for example, you could say now. Uh, um, let's say you have a mid role in this podcast, and then actually you could actually say, uh, hey, VUX world listeners. Right. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it makes it very, very relevant. Even though you play the same, it's not a host red. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an advertisement that you have all over the place. Yeah. Or you actually are saying something like, um, you know, you have a, you have a special of the day, right? So tonight, tonight, it's the, uh, I don't know, what are we talking about? The restaurant tonight, it's uh, some fast food chain tonight. It's the fish tomorrow. It's the the chicken. I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, you could actually, actually, literally say, uh, you know, this. Um, um, this Tuesday, uh, you know, go to your local XYZ in mm. Birmingham and uh, try try the chicken half price, yeah, mm. with with code XYZ. So uh, yeah, so that's that's extremely powerful as well. Um, and also, uh, a content production uh, is very relevant as well. So if you think about uh, Spotify, is very um, deep invested in in podcasting uh, now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which, you know, I think with humans like us talking to each other will always be there. So there's not, there's not the idea, hey, let's, let's have our AI voices speak, speak with each other. In my mind, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but if you think about, for example, if you have a financial news update about your portfolio and what's in your mark or what's, you know, let's say you have the daily, I don't know, crypto, crypto update yeah, mm. or maybe the horoscope for, um, wherever you might be born or some, just something that actually renews every day and pretty much would be prohibitive for a speaker to actually do every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to actually produce that content programmatically, um, that is, is very promising indeed. So, um, so yes, so we, of course we're talking to all the streaming platforms. This is a very relevant, uh, these are very relevant use cases for us. 
Mm, interesting. Yeah, it makes sense that. I mean, it almost seems as though Spotify... I mean, I don't know necessarily, I might be out of touch a little bit from where the whole kind of short form podcasting is at the moment, but I know that, you know, Anchor got a lot of traction. That was a lot of short form kind of stuff. You know, the flash briefings of Alexa were really popular in 2018, 2019. Um, Spotify, obviously, since then has really, you know, really doubling down on podcasts. But uh, what's your take on where that kind of short form, you know, microcasting, as it was called, is at the moment? Do you think platforms like Spotify... Um, are kind of moving in that direction, or or what? Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, so I'm I'm a big podcast fan. I I listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah, and um, I think uh, for me, short form has definitely has has its its base. Uh, I mean, we've I, I can just ex- tell you a couple of things where we um, uh, what what we are doing or where where I think it's it shine or where I see where it shines now. Mm-hmm. So, for example, we have uh, we we are um, doing something with a um, with a regional uh, newspaper in Germany, yeah? and uh, that these are very small towns, and all of a sudden you have a daily podcast update about your town. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And um, I I know that works very very well because literally there is no competition to it, right? There is no it's a it's an entirely uh, incremental or it's an it's an it's an entirely new offering. Yeah, there is no you know there is no uh, small town podcaster that podcasts every day or um, so. Um, so, so I think these things again, where it's like it's it's very fast changing. It's very. Um, you know, it's it's either personalized or it's it's just very uh, very niche and very targeted. Um, I think short form has a lot of um, um, has 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 very very good good potential here. And um, also, um, um, at the beginning, we did a lot. Uh, or we did a lot of thinking around kind of like what potential everything synthetic can have for your way to work, because I think that is a very, very topical uh, thing as well. So with Corona, <laughs> of course, this has, this has changed a tiny bit. So that was actually be, before the pandemic, but um, nonetheless, uh, you know, your, your um, way to work is also going to change as you think about uh, how we're going to uh, commute to work uh, in the future, maybe with driverless cars as well. And uh, now with, um, Earpods. Everybody has their their uh, earbuds um, in by default and doesn't take them out and and anymore. Um, so I think that kind of like to um, you know to um, to engage with people on on that um, on that commute where you only might have you know you just might only want only might only want an update of five minutes or of two minutes or might only have a podcast that is like seven minutes. I think that's uh, that has a lot of potential as well in terms of where consumer behavior is going. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm very much um, I'm very much uh, um, I'm very much bullish on the short-term podcast. On the other hand, I must also admit that I'm a bit out of my depth there because um, literally, what concepts working we see in the market because people are building them with our tools. Um, however, we are of course not the the biggest uh, innovators when it comes to actually conceptually work with what works. Yeah, so mm. I must be very, very frank about this. However, as a tech layer, of course, we have a very good overview of the market and a very good overview of what people are trying and works and what people are trying and you know it's it's uh, it doesn't stick. Mm. You mentioned earlier on around kind of like synthetic voices and voice cloning and stuff like that and content repurposing and it being kind of like best fit for that micro kind of, you know, consumption of maybe it's like reading an article or something like that. I use pocket 
uh, I don't know if you know Pocket, the it's almost like a bookmark app basically. And uh, I save articles into that, and then when I walk the dog or whatever, I'll listen to the articles. And so, and it works. Pocket do it fairly because what they'll do is they'll have um, I can't remember which way around it is, but either it's either a male voice or a female voice will read the headline and then the other will read the body. So it'd be like, for example, the female might introduce the, the article by yeah. such and such, and then the male will read the actual article or the other way around. Um, <clears throat> that works pretty well. The, the I've always found the issue with the synthetic voices, and this might be just because Pocket are not using high-quality synthetic voices, um, is that they can be a bit difficult to listen to for long periods of time. And I think that might be what you were alluding to at the beginning when you were saying that it's perfect for like smaller articles rather than a whole podcast. Um, because they don't tend to have the kind of cadence and the delivery and the up and down of, of the kind of the, the intonation and stuff like that. What's your thoughts on the current state of synthetic voices? And is it that synthetic voices will always be good for this short stuff? Or when you look at something like the Amazon newsreader voice or whatever, can you see a world where synthetic voices are easier to listen to over longer periods? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So first of all, absolutely. I mean, the field, uh, of, of synthetic as such, not only the voices, but also the audio automation, the AI component and so on. It is just absolutely racing. I mean, if I now listen to demos, we sent out a year and a bit ago, it's, it's almost comical, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing how fast, how, how, how fast, it, it, how fast it is going. Um, so, um, one thing that's always, I always have a hard time to explain to people that don't come from an audio world is like, and, and everybody in the audio world will agree with me is audio is detail, 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 mm -hmm. detail, right? So, so the difference actually between you sh shutting off after, after uh, 15 seconds and the, the, the difference between you subscribing to a podcast and listen to it every single day. Yeah it literally, it can be as small as having a, uh, you know, having, having the host have a different tone in their voice. It can be, or finding the right words, or it can be, um, the sound design, yeah. The production the like, kind of like having the right effects. Like, um, sometimes people, um, so the, the, um, 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 some people might have heard about the loudness wars that have been going on. It's mm. kind of like, it's pretty much the effect that um, if you actually just put something a bit louder than the other thing, that that thing will sound much, much better to you, even though it might be the, the, the same. Yeah. And so hence, and this is something that we're really banking on, where we're also really seeing the effect that actually if you have speech in whatever format, and you already put a production value on it that actually makes it makes it comparable to something that your ears and hence your brain is normally used to listening from radio, from podcasting, and so on. You have much better much better results, and um, it's also we we got the data also to um, to substantiate that. So we have um, the um, the um, the the, the um, um, uh, what we're running with that uh, German local newspaper. It's normally it's I want to say it's a minute and a half, and it's very nicely well, it's it's nicely produced in terms of like that has an intro jingle, and then actually you have also two voices actually interlaced with each other. You actually have a transition every time a news item starts, but mm -hmm. also you have effects on the voice. It's mastered, yeah, and it's pretty much so. So it's it's much more it's much closer to a. Um, 
uh, it's much closer to a, a professional podcast than actually what you have to from a screen reader. Yeah. And I must say, I love Pocket as, as, as well. I use it all the time. I do not use the, um, I do not use the, the reader function because I just cannot, it's, it's not something I en enjoy somehow. And I think it's, it's two things. It's for one, it's the text is written um, to read. It's not written for, um, to produce aud audio with. The second thing is it is just a screen reader. And we've seen, uh, we've seen a lot of screen readers um, um, that actually only do speech. So I think at the beginning you mentioned that uh, was it Trinity Audio was at your show yeah. as, as well. So so I, I know actually it's also a, it's also a, a screen reader which actually only reads only reads the text. Mm -hmm. And actually we've compared um, so with that uh, with a German newspaper I mentioned. So we have a listen through rate and a one and a half minute content of eighty five percent. Yeah, and we actually ran the same thing with only speech. Yeah. And it dropped to below 50 per 50%. Yeah. And that's literally the difference between someone saying, Oh, this works. I keep it. And guys, this is not working. Please take it, take it, take it off. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I suppose when it comes to audio production, I think what, what many overlook is that it is all purely psychological, isn't it? The, the, how people perceive the audio that they're listening to is, you know, it's kind of make or break. And that's obviously, as you'll know, but for those that don't know, the, what they tend to do with kind of like pop music, for example, is the chorus is ever so slightly louder than the verse. And so there's a little subconscious nudge there that to yeah. bring your attention back to the song if you drift away. And also sometimes they'll actually speed up the chorus by maybe one or two beats a minute just to give the, the, a faster kind of energy. And you won't even notice it when you're listening to it, but it's all little psychological nuances that draw your attention back to the audio. And I suppose that's kind of what you're getting at there, isn't it? Is that in order to produce any kind of audio really, but in this instance, those bite-sized clips, and I think maybe people listening who work on voice assistants and things like that, I think can, can learn a little bit from this as well, which is bringing the user's attention back and keeping them engaged is important. Exactly, exactly. And I always have this, uh, this one thing I, I always ask people, um, you, you probably know the song Despacito, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's one of the most successful, um, successful songs of all time. It literally defined a new music genre, right? So my question is always for everybody, do you know what the second single of these guys was? Hmm. Despacito 2? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so I don't know it either, right? But I heard it once, and it, it literally, you're right. It sounds like Despacito too. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was more or less the the, 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 the same song, but for some, for some, for, for for some reason, right? The details were like checking out with Despacito, and it was the biggest song in the world. And the second single, no one took no, notice. Yeah. So I, I think this really, this really, for me, always drives the point home. Like um, you know, audio is detail, 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 and then I always tell people to keep in mind that Metallica and the Beatles were literally the 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 same band right so it was it was it was four guys it was uh, two guitars a drum set and a bass yeah uh, however <laughs> Metallica and the Beatles I guess we all agree they couldn't be different interesting that is very yeah they also all have the same tools don't they but what you produce with those tools is entirely different interesting 
Very good. Nice one. Well, Timo, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. Uh, for those tuning in on the podcast, uh, you can visit aflorithmic.ai, A-F-L-O-R-I-T-H-M-I-C.ai. All of the links to these will be in the show notes. Uh, and for those tuning in, you'll see that on the screen, aflorithmic.ai for more information. Uh, Timo, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Any Any other resources that you would direct people to? Um, yeah, api.audio. So that's actually when you are a developer listening, just give it a try. It's You sign up, it's free, no credit card. Um, you can uh, produce a professional piece of audio from code in five minutes. It's quite a bit of fun as well. So uh, give it a try as well. Perfect. api.audio. What a domain name that is. <laughs> you either got in very early or paid an absolute fortune to buy that of whoever had it. <laughs> we had the right idea at the right time. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, and if you're not already subscribed, please do go to vux.world forward slash subscribe. Uh, you'll get invites to these podcasts that I have with industry experts like Timo uh, every single week. Uh, do go to deepgram.com forward slash vuxworld to learn more about Deepgram and go to vux.world uh, for well, actually just vux.world and click on the events tab and you will get the landing page for our webinar that we've got coming up with deep ground which is called why your speech recognition is probably a load of tosh and how to fix it thank you very much for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow when i speak to frank schneider the ceo of speakeasy ai about how to properly uh, define how to measure success for your digital assistants cheers thank you